Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking. We got a special extra episode this week. I'm excited to talk to today's guest, who is Dr. Sharon Stills, and she is a naturopathic medical doctor who helps perimenopausal and menopausal women to pause and evaluate life so they can live the second act of their story stronger, healthier, and sexier while aging backwards. Ooh, that sounds good. I like that. (laughs) Using her 20 plus years of experience and extensive training and background in European biological medicine, anti-aging therapies, and bioidentical hormone replacement. She has successfully helped thousands of women transition gently through the different stages of their life and with all natural methods. Dr. Stills is passionate about spreading the word about her signature red hot sexy meno pause program, the philosophy she developed for you to reinvent your health, explore your spirit and discover your sexy so that you too can create and live the life you desire and deserve even better. She founded and ran one of the largest and most successful naturopathic clinics in the country for a decade and is the host of the science of self-healing podcast. She's an expert physician for women's health network, and she educates other physicians as the co-lead North American lecturer for the Paracelsus Academy in Switzerland. (laughs) Patients work with Dr. Sills in a variety of ways through telemedicine consults and her life-changing retreats for individuals or small groups in healing and rejuvenating locations around the world. Some patients will fly out to see her or fly her in just to get the chance to work with her one-on-one. Welcome, Dr. Sills. Thank you. It's a, that's a long bio. And I'm thinking I have to change that bio because I have the word anti-aging in there. And I, I'm so about pro-aging or oh, like that. aging and not anti-aging. So you reminded me that I got to go in and change my bio. <laughs> Is it, it's so funny. That happens to me sometimes too. You kind of forget what's all in your bio until you get on something like this. And then you're like, oh, I need to update that. And let's start with that because I think that's really interesting, right? Is so much out there is talking anti-aging. So what moved you from saying anti-aging to this pro-aging model? I just feel like anti-aging has such a negative connotation. Like we don't want to age. No, no, we're going to stop that. And I'm all about aging gracefully mm-hmm. and aging. And I, I, I tend to think that aging is a privilege. hundred percent. Yes. We all don't get that privilege. And so aging is awesome. And aging is about embracing your wisdom and your life experience and having this ability, especially as a woman to just step into who you are and really own it. So I'm all about aging. I never think, oh, I wish I was in my 20s or my 30s again. I just appreciate every moment and every year and every decade for what it has to offer. Absolutely. And I 100% would never want to go back to my 20s or 30s. <laughs> nope. Done with that. And, you know, I, I teach in one of my programs about 
so many um, other cultures maybe that are more steeped in sort of their traditional ways and awareness, that shift to menopause is not as hard, right, as it is often here for women in the U.S. or Western countries. Um, And, you know, part of that is sort of, I see this disconnection from our, these natural processes, right. And all of the good things that can come in. Um, what are some of the reasons that you see maybe women struggle more with both perimenopause and menopause here in the U S and I just want to speak to what you just said, because there's so much truth in that. So one of the things I love to do for women is run a crone ceremony for them oh, because in the in the native tradition when you stop losing your blood to the earth it's considered that now you're retaining that wisdom you're not losing it every month and so it's a it's an opportunity to celebrate the women in the native traditions are wise they are revered they have this important place in the tribe and we in America have been fed the, this line of BS that, oh, as you get older, you're going to get old, you're going to get fat, you're going to get cranky, you're going to not want sex, and we might as well just put you out to pasture like yeah. a cow because you're, you're useless now. And yeah. so I'm really about changing that conversation about giving women permission to step into their power and be excited about this time of life. I think that's so incredibly important right now, right? Because I think about this a lot, that we are at a time in history where women, you know, have been put into these boxes at all ages, right? At you were supposed to be, you know, very like fertile and, you know, having children and doing all those things or looking for that and trying to make that happen in your twenties. And then you were supposed to like raise your kids and, you know, do that in your thirties and forties. And then, like you said, kind of be put out to pasture in your fifties, sixties and beyond. And I find that this is the time where all of those ages, women are saying that this is not this is not me. This is not what I want to do. This is not what I'm called to do in my life, even though society has told me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing in my life. And particularly, I feel this massive shift for women, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond right now happening, right? Of We're just like, we're not putting up with those old ideas or ideals anymore, right? And really starting to find ourselves. Um, do you find that women that come to see you, do they struggle with this uh, process or you know, are they kind of like, okay, I'm ready to embrace it? I think it's all across the board. And I think to go back and answer the first question you mm-hmm. had about why are women having so many issues? Mm-hmm. And part of it is because we are out of touch with our cycles, with our circadian rhythm, Mm -hmm. with being in tune with the menstrual process and the different phases of the menstrual process that we tend to push away or we don't have time for. And I always go back and think about the red tent. And when women were bleeding, they would go to the tent and women in a community would bleed together because Mm -hmm. they sync up with each other. And so we have lost that community and we have lost the ability to give ourselves permission or to take space or make space for, oh, I'm on my cycle right now. I'm going to be inward. Yeah. We just push, push, push. And we've, we've adapted this normal way of thinking that, oh, of course I get 
cramps. And of course I pop Advil and lay in bed all crawled up and suffer. That's just, that's just what happens. Mm -hmm. So it really does go back to starting to teach the younger girls and starting to celebrate when they have their menses and welcoming them into sisterhood and explaining to them what this means and giving them permission to listen to the wisdom of their body and interact properly. And so a lot of times when we get to menopause or perimenopause in our Western US-based society, we're struggling because we didn't pay attention to all the signs previously. We had trouble conceiving. We had horrible PMS. We didn't get our cycles. We we had all these things going on and we just thought it was part of the way it works. We never yeah. realized that this was our body saying, hello, you're out of balance, pay attention to me. And so I'm a huge fan of pre-gaming the menopause transition from the very beginning, if you're starting to have issues, if you're not having regular for you cycles or you're having horrible PMS like I was, yeah or you're having trouble conceiving, or you're bleeding really heavy, or you have migraines or acne or mood swings or insomnia, or all of these things that we see going on, this is a time to say, I got to pay attention to my health. Absolutely. And, you know, I think back to when I actually got my period real young, you know, maybe not so young for now, but I was 10. And I have told the story to people that I was actually really excited about it. I was like, I am a woman. I was like super excited. And all of my friends were like, I was not excited when it came, you know, and that mentality of it's such a burden, you know, or a cross to bear that women throughout their lives have to carry this, you know, and so often we end up becoming disconnected to those signals because we'll be on birth control for anywhere from a few years to most of our cycling years, you know, and I, and I'm sure you've seen this too, women that come in in their late forties and they're still on birth control because their doctors have told them that this is how their hormones are being regulated, you know? And, and so here we are in this whole sort of process of disconnection. So of course, yeah, the body's going to not be, um, (laughs) responding so well to us, you know, in this process, because it's really trying to let us know what's happening. So what are some of the biggest things that you see in terms of, you know, that going to perimenopause into the menopausal transition that women are really facing? Well, the first thing I'd like to say is I take a very firm stand on birth control. And if a patient's going to work with me, they have to be off of it. And if you're listening and you have younger daughters or nieces or you're on birth control, I really implore you to look into getting off of it, uh, especially if you're on it because you were put on it for a medical condition. There's really no medical reason that birth control will fix. And if you're on it to prevent pregnancy, I get that. But the detrimental effects of taking those synthetic harmful hormones and suppressing your natural cycle can very often, I see it catch up to women later, whether it be in the diagnosis of breast cancer or an autoimmune disease. And so I really 
am a big fan of you looking for other ways of birth control. And I wish I had like the million dollar answer. Just oh, do too. this. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, yeah. But learning yeah. your rhythm, learning when you ovulate, avoiding sex around ovulation. And there are ways by looking at your mucus and your temperature and things that you can, and it's just a way to get really more in tune with your body. Absolutely. So, so some of the things you asked, that women come in with. And a lot of times women come in and they don't even realize they're in perimenopause because they've just been told, oh, you couldn't possibly be in perimenopause. You're only 42. And unfortunately, as we get more and more toxicity coming at us and the food is demineralized and we're more stressed, we, I see women going into perimenopause, even sometimes in their late thirties. So yeah. it's something you always have to be thinking about. If someone tells you it's not your hormones, it very well may be, and maybe you need to ask someone else. <laughs> sadly, we'd like to think that we could trust like our OBGYNs, like they are the keepers of our femininity and our hormones, they're just not properly trained. And so you really got to look outside for someone who really understands hormones and root cause medicine and terrain-based medicine and all of these things. So I see women coming in sometimes not for the reason that I'm there when once they're there, that I'm happy they're there to see me. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes women don't even think, oh, I need to go see Dr. Stills, because I'm not sleeping or because I'm moody, they're more driven by I'm gaining weight, Mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. hair is falling out, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden my skin is weird, um, followed by I'm having night sweats, I don't feel like myself, I feel like I'm going crazy. And so it it really runs the gamut. It could be urinary tract infections. It can be having weird periods where they're not coming or they're confused or they're coming too soon or the bleeding has changed or they're getting really bad cramping. Migraines will drive someone in. So it really, I always kid around, but I'm so about prevention. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wish that we lived in a world where women would wake up and be like, I feel amazing this morning. So I'm going to call Dr. Stills (laughs) so I can keep feeling amazing. Right, right. (laughs) But that's not how we are driven. We're driven by pain. And often when we have something go on, we kind of push it aside. We don't pay attention to it because we're all busy, 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 and we're all going, going, going. And it's not until sometimes it gets really bad that we're like, okay, I'm going to pick up the phone now. So I would love to see that change. I would love women to be on a journey of hormonal health and just health in general from the beginning to, to, that's how it used to be in traditional Chinese medicine. They would not have to pay if they got sick because it meant the acupuncturist, the oriental medical doctor wasn't doing their job. Yep. And And we're the total opposite. (laughs) I would love to see a return to that. That would just excite me. (laughs) Amazing. I know. So let's talk about that time. Like, I think, you know, well, I'll just say this based off of a lot of the clients that I see that, you know, the late thirties, certainly things are starting to change, but they may not notice as much because their period's still relatively regular, right? And then starting to get into the 40s, that early to mid 40s is when 
there's maybe some more obvious symptoms of the skipping of the periods, you know, and ovulatory cycles, that kind of thing. Um, and maybe some, I see often like a lot of mood changes and, and stuff like that starting to happen in a bigger way there. Um, also adrenals are not, not happy you know, at that point, many years of things leading up to that. But do you, um, are you a proponent of testing hormones to see where things are at? Or do you kind of go more based on symptomology and work from there? Or is it a combination of the two? So it really depends where the woman is. In perimenopause, um, there's not a great deal of value in testing because the hormones are going all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so test on Monday and you're at a peak of the roller coaster, mm -hmm. you might have very high levels and be like, oh, you're fine. And yeah. if you just didn't, so it, I, I tend to go more symptom, symptom based mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. just from all my years of experience. Mm -hmm. um, but if someone, there are testing, like you could do saliva testing throughout the month. You take a sample every couple of days, which could have some value as I've practiced longer and longer. I don't really, I, I kind of always know what it's going to say. So I don't waste people's money yeah. anymore. Yeah, but that's the only time where saliva-based testing is really accurate. Once you're on hormones, saliva will be falsely elevated, right. and a lot of women get misguided there as well. Right. So, right. Um, I'm huge on testing as far as hormones. You know, certainly once someone is postmenopausal, um, you're doing 24-hour urine testing. I won't prescribe bioidenticals unless someone is doing continual at least once a year, twice a year, 24-hour urine testing so I can see how it's metabolizing and see mm. what's going on. I don't really do a lot of uh, blood-based testing because it's not very accurate for cortisol, for progesterone, mm. for estrogen. You can't see the metabolites. Uh, you can get somewhat of a good read with DHT and testosterone and free testosterone in the blood and definitely thyroid hormones and mm. the whole panel. I rely on blood um, as well as symptoms and temperatures and things of that nature. So yes, I am a big fan of tests. Don't guess when appropriate. When appropriate, right. What do you think about blood spot testing? Is that useful at all? Dried blood spot? Um, for hormones, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm old school. I've been doing this for 20 years. I, you know, I am a big fan of 24 hour urine testing. Mm -hmm. We even seen um, like the lab has taken like even the dried urine for spots and they're just not as accurate as collecting your actual urine for 24 hours. Mm, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty anal about that because yeah. you know, it's for the patient's safety. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps me as the prescriber to guide, but it's really for their safety. I mean, I can't tell if estrogen is metabolizing down a protective pathway or it's going to damage your DNA. Um, and estrogen gets this real bad rap that it's bad, that it's dangerous, that it causes cancer. And mm -hmm. that's not true. There are actually estrogens that I can see the breakdown of that when I'm working with a woman who has breast cancer, um, I will actually be prescribing bioidentical estrogens to help treat her. And of course, mm -hmm. progesterone and testosterone mm -hmm. and DHEA and oxytocin yes. and pregnenolone and all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely talk a lot. I've talked a lot on the podcast about those pathways, the 2OH, 4OH and 16OH, so that women understand that it isn't this sort of simple, just like you have too much estrogen or you don't, you know, it's like, it's that metabolic from 
personal experience, having had a fibroid, a large fibroid, like I know how important that estrogen metabolism is, you know? Um, And I've learned how, you know, really with breast cancer, it's like, that's almost the most important part, right? (laughs) Is the estrogen metabolism, not just the estrogen number by itself at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and estriol, which is when mm-hmm. we prescribe bioidenticals, it's biased. It's mm-hmm. mainly estriol. Right. Breast cancer protective, it's hitting the beta receptor, not the alpha receptor. So mm-hmm. it's not proliferating, it's inhibitory. And so mm-hmm. we, we just, it's kind of like with chemo, like an oncologist says, don't take any supplements while you're doing chemo. Yeah. And there are plenty of supplements that actually support you and the chemo treatments. And so to me, it just becomes lazy medicine. Like, mm. oh, estrogen is dangerous. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's not true. If it was true when women were pregnant and their estrogen right. was surging, we'd see high levels of breast cancer being diagnosed or when girls were going through puberty and estrogen was coming on board and we just don't see that. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's so important. And that's why I love when people like you come on and, and really, um, you know, I know that a lot of times we have to hear these things over and over again from different people. And so many OBGYNs, as you mentioned, are not trained in this. They're, I, I mean, I had a, um, a previous OBGYN who now pract- practices functional medicine and she just was straight up. She's like, you don't learn anything about the endocrine system really, you know, and how it all works together in med school. It's like you learn to regulate hormones, you use birth control or surgery, and that's what it is, you know, and it's just, it's crazy that that's what so many women, um, that's, that's all we get, you know, and, and that's not good at all. Um, so when, when a woman is say in that maybe like middle perimenopausal time, um, do you find that bioidentical progesterone is often a good place to start since that's, you know, usually what's dipped first? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is often a game changer mm-hmm. and certainly if they're having, symptoms and not sleeping and anxious and mood changes and water retention and some of those big things we see, then yes, that can certainly be a game changer. If they're having a lot of other symptoms, if they're having a lot of night sweats and stuff, I might do a 24-hour urine just to see what's going on with their estrogen because the estrogen will drop early also at times. And we have to remember that like the hormones don't just drop when we stop menstruating. And so I'm, yes, I love helping women get rid of symptoms and feel good, but I'm really a big proponent in what the hormones are doing for prevention. Right. So we're already starting to have bone loss. We're already starting to see changes in our arteries. We're already starting to see brain fog and mood reduction and Mm -hmm. cardio. All these things to me are really important. We want to make sure we're supporting you so that when you do have the one day of celebrating menopause, when you haven't had your cycle for 12 months, um, that you're already prepared and you're not in a deficit already that we've been supporting you the whole way through. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. Do you um, prefer the oral version of progesterone then for women? I use both actually. because the oral will cross the blood brain barrier and have more of that GABA like effect. But Mm -hmm. I don't find that it has the systemic effect that the cream will have. Mm -hmm. So I, I do both. And depending on what's going, you know, if some women are really, really anxious and not sleeping, I might give a little higher dose of the oral, but I'm, I'm always giving both. I've just seen after all the years that if you just do one, 
it doesn't cover all bases. Mm, That makes sense because it's so much is metabolized into allopregnolone, right? When you take it orally. And so you only Mm -hmm. get a 20% or so of that oral. Yeah. And um, in terms of, I know you mentioned before in menopause, you will do the the, uh, urine test. Does the topical progesterone show up in the urine test? Um, so anyone who's on oral urine, when they do a 24 hour hormone test, their mm-hmm. progesterone often will be quite elevated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We normally see. And so, um, the top, you know, I, you know, have, I have them apply it to mucosal tissue because mm-hmm. there's better absorption and you don't get the dermal fatigue. So mm-hmm. we will see it, um, show up for sure. It mm-hmm. definitely does, but the, the oral definitely will, will pop it up. So gotcha. take that into account because I think again, a lot of women are misled. Oh, your levels are too high. And now yeah. we're going to take you down and then you can't sleep and you're cranky and you're anxious. And yeah. so it's really important. You find someone to work with who's, who's looking at you first and foremost, yeah. and then correlating the blood work or the urine test or whatever stool test, whatever testing you're doing. Um, but you come first, especially when it comes to your thyroid and mm-hmm. your hormones, because mm-hmm. lab tests, they're not a hundred percent, you know, right. they all have their limitations and mm-hmm. ranges and what's a good range for you. For example, like women who are taking thyroid hormone or we're looking at their thyroid function and their free T3 level, a lot of patients don't feel good sometimes till they're up over the normal range, the high end. So if the high end is 4.4 or whatever it is, I think mm-hmm. some women have to be at five and mm. a doctor would look at that and be like, oh my God, you're hyperthyroid. Yeah, 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 you know, but, totally. but I'm yeah. like, the patient is actually fine and actually now feeling good. She's not having any hyperthyroid sim- symptoms. Yes. So we're not going to lower your thyroid dose. We're just yeah. Gonna- <laughs> uh, one of my colleagues, she, um, her focus is on thyroid health and she has Hashimoto's and, you know, is on, um, both armor and then, uh, extra free T3 and she needs to be up around six actually. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she, she luckily works with a great naturopath who they've been able to figure out that's where she feels best, you know? And so, which a regular doctor, like you said, would like freak out (laughs) if it was that high, but that's the reality, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I love that message for women that, um, why it's so important to find a really good practitioner that understands these things. So, um, you know, it's tough in a state like North Carolina where naturopaths can't prescribe medication. And I know that that's, you know, different for every state. Um, in Arizona, I take it that you can prescribe medication. I am in Arizona. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's what took me here. Because we actually have our full scope here. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we, I think we're licensed now in 25 or 28 states. We're, okay. we're getting, getting there. Yeah. Cause we're I still live in California there. and that was wonderful there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, totally fantastic because that goal is obviously, you know, where integrative can be best, you know, if we do need to be on certain medications, especially thyroid, because that's such a huge impact for women. So many women, especially as they age. Right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I know as working with my thyroid myself, like I'm grateful for over-the-counter glandulars, but that doesn't always do enough. No, it really, I, I have kind of become a real big fan of bioidenticals because I, I I just think that 
I don't know, somewhere we decided like, well, I want to do things as naturally as I can. So I'm not going to take the bioidentical hormone. I'm going to take a glandular or I'm going to take selenium or I'm going to take iodine. And I'm not sure where that really came to be because it's not like, um, you know, an herb is something that we're missing, like if the the organ thing. And so I've just seen so many women suffer because they're trying to avoid bioidentical hormone, may that be thyroid or progesterone or estrogen. And it's a big thing, even in my field and with colleagues and so forth. And so I'm just like, I want you to feel good. Like we're going to live a long time postmenopausal, longer than our ancestors did. And we want to age with quality and quantity. And my caveat is if you're going to be, if I'm prescribing hormones for you, well, then you're going to do the other stuff. And so we're going to be looking at your terrain and Mm -hmm. we are making sure your lymphatic system is flowing and we are going to make sure that your dental health is optimal and that you don't Mm -hmm. have toxins and that you're eating good and sleep and all. So I won't prescribe hormones or refill hormones if women just think they're going to slip in and just get some hormones and not (laughs) the other stuff. We have this whole system where we're like, wait, you cannot have a refill. (laughs) Yes. That's so good. Right. Because I think that's I've been talking about this a lot lately, you know, with one of my clients that actually just came up last week. Um, This is a time and opportunity where we have to take our health into our own hands too. And that means, right, these real changes that we have to make. We have to pay attention to what our body is telling us. We have to make these changes. We have to not just take this pill that's prescribed to us in order, you know, it's because it, this, this client was like, okay, tell me how much I need to take a day of these things. And I was like, we need to pay attention a little bit to your, how your body's responding here, you know, and then we'll go based off of that. And she's like, ah, and I'm like, I'm, this is the gift actually that I'm giving you of reconnecting with your body so that, you know, really quickly, if something's working for you or not, you know, and then we figure out what else needs to be done to support it. Well, and that's why I write menopause with the parentheses around pause. That's why the summit is called Mastering the Menopause mm-hmm. Transition because mm-hmm. I'm very passionate. I am a mindfulness meditation teacher mm. at school and I'm very passionate about the power of pausing, the power of connecting mm. for ourselves, whether it be when we're taking a supplement, you know, are we just throwing it down mm. our throat? next thing or are we stopping and giving gratitude and thinking about what this is going to do and gratitude to ourselves for seeking help and gratitude to whoever prescribed it to us and gratitude to the people who made the vitamin or supplement or whatever And, and it has such a different impact on us when we swallow it and we're in gratitude and grace and really connecting and so I I always say not all medicine comes in a pill bottle and I believe that the choices we make and how we live our life and how we connect with nature and how we prioritize sleep and how we are in our relationships and are we in our joy and are we in our passion? These are the things that really build health. And then we get to take the pills, the supplements, the bioidenticals as this great icing on top. Mm, mm, I love that. And it kind of takes us back to what we talked about in the beginning of, I think this is, that's the norm in a lot of those traditional cultures, right? All the things you just said, people are kind of naturally doing it. And we have become so disconnected from those 
aspects of our lives because we're sort of told to push all the time and just move forward and do all these things. Right. And for me, one of the things that I love about, well, my experience of having a fibroid in my late thirties and everything that happened with that. Um, but also just the deeper I get into my forties is the recognition of, um, the boundary setting, the, you know, really checking in with myself consistently all the time on all the things like, is this working for me or is this not, you know, am I doing what I want to be doing or am I doing what I think I should be doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, that's what makes me excited for these next years of my life, right? Just getting deeper and deeper into that instead of during my twenties and thirties, it was all about, well, what should I be doing? You know, what, what, what is expected of me in all these ways in my life? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a precious life we have. And it, mm. and it, it goes, it's really true. As you get older, it goes quicker and quicker. It does. It's so true. <laughs> and yeah. so what are we going to do with it? And I often do, I talk about a lot, my, my eulogy exercise, where I, I like for women to write out their eulogy. How mm. would you eulogized when when it's time for you to transition mm-hmm. and then can you reverse engineer and live into that because often the things that we want to be remembered for or or that we contributed we're not really doing because we're thinking oh someday I'll get to do that oh mm-hmm. this happens I'll go take that dance class or I'll go sign up for that volunteer position mm-hmm. and it's really about thinking about it now and making space for it because mm-hmm. we all get the same 24 hours. You better be sleeping at least eight of them. <laughs> and, so, and so what are we going to do with that time? And especially nowadays, it's so easy. And I can be guilty of this too. Mm-hmm. I'm not like sitting here like I'm amazing and you're not, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm human too. But, you know, you could like just scroll Facebook and all of a sudden um, an hour has gone by or you could be binging a Netflix series and now five hours have gone by. Yeah. And so we re- when we say we don't have enough time, I also, another thing I'll have patients do is do a, we talk about doing food diaries, but mm-hmm. I'll have them do time diaries like Mm. what are you doing what's Mm. going on in your life like you woke up and did you spend 45 minutes greeting the sun and putting your feet on the earth and having a nice cup of warm water with some Mm -hmm. lemon or did you wake up and you're on your phone on the phone yep and now it's an hour later and you're like ah I gotta get ready for work and so how are we I think one of the things that I have learned and appreciated and teach more and more is about having your nervous system regulated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel peace? Do you feel joy? Can you live in parasympathetic land? Because yeah. we can't heal if we're stuck in our fight or flight and if our sympathetics, and I do a lot of heart rate variability testing, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that the the average bear is stuck in sympathetic and especially as i work with patients dealing with serious issues such as cancer or oh, serious yeah. diseases and so we have to really think about and so we don't necessarily reduce the stress factor just by taking some curcumin right <laughs> just by eating organic broccoli yep. Or having a salad or a power smoothie. It's it's really who we are when we're doing these things. And yeah. so that's where mindfulness and breath and consciousness and really looking at your life and you are the master of your life. Mm. No, one, no one's, no one's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Even 
your best friend or your spouse or relative. or your practitioner or <laughs> yeah. make some suggestions, yeah. but you, you're the one who's got to go home and, and integrate them. Like I, I have my, before we got on my assistant, I had prescribed some phosphatidylserine for a patient who wasn't sleeping and her cortisol mm-hmm. was high. And we had had a big lifestyle conversation and mm-hmm. my assistant said, she's going to not order that because she wants you to know she's tuned it down. She's off her phone at night. She's getting into her body and she's starting to sleep well. And I was like, oh. Yes. <laughs> such a winner. I know. I, I know. Like, Good. She doesn't need it. She's, you know, that's what we yeah. really, that's where the healing really comes yes. when we can have someone change who they're being and their interaction in their life. Taking supplements is easy. Right. Right. And I tell, I was just, I had this conversation with a client earlier today, you know, especially when you see that cortisol out of whack, I'm like, you know, there's going to be some support from supplements, but that's not going to get you out of this. Like you absolutely have to change your lifestyle and whatever kind of ways you can get into that parasympathetic nervous system. Cause you know, especially with my very high, um, functioning clients, right. That are just able to sort of handle all the things. I'm like, yeah, you're able to handle all the things, but then we see this (laughs) right here, that your body's not happy with handling all those things. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I just, I love the discussion of focusing on, mindfulness because that's what we've gotten away from so much and then you know really so much of what that plays into our circadian rhythm and our circadian rhythms being off is so it's such a huge underlying factor for so many health issues right Mm, absolutely and interesting enough when i teach mindfulness and Mm -hmm. we have people lie on the floor to do a body scan these high functioning people who aren't tired yeah. fall asleep within yes. like three <laughs> seconds because we're just pushing 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 and yeah. often and it's the same for how we feel often we don't realize and that's why I love doing a really thorough intake with a patient mm-hmm. because I can pull out other things that they're like oh yeah I guess I guess I don't sleep, or I guess I yes. don't have energy, or I guess I do have much that we, we don't even think about because we've just been trained to the gold star comes when you accomplish things. And I'm like, I will give you a gold star for sitting, dating, <laughs> enjoying the sunshine right. at the right time. Like those where I'm going to give you lots of yep. gold stars. all those gold so, stars. You get it that way. Yeah. And the thing with cortisol, and I'm sure you see this too, but I do a lot of salivary circadian mm-hmm. testing. And we, we think that everyone is stuck in high cortisol mm-hmm. and so many patients have like been there, done that, got mm-hmm. the little sticker, you know, they mm-hmm. have already crashed. They're already mm-hmm. flatlined. And mm-hmm. so we actually build back up their cortisol reserve. Yeah. And so, yeah, the adrenals are not a, it's not a quick fix. It's mm-hmm. not a three day plan to heal your Mm-mm. adrenals. And Mm-mm. you really have to, you have to get the the lifestyle stuff down because ashwagandha or bioidentical cortisol or B5 or vitamin C or whatever your, your choices, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing is only going to get you so far. And speaking from experience, yeah, I burnt my adrenals out mm. many, many years ago, yeah. single mother going through med school or doing a massage. Yeah. And so, yeah. and then running a clinic and my adrenals were torched and that. it, something 
that even now at 54, I still like if I were to pull an all nighter or something, my adrenals would be like, <laughs> and they would they would act up for a few days. Let me know, don't be pulling this, you know. Yeah. And I I remember in my 20s, I used to think it was so cool that I only needed four hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and now women are like, I'm desperate for four hours of sleep a night. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a minimum eight hour girl. I, yeah. if I don't get my sleep, I am one cranky woman. hundred so percent. I, yeah. I learned that in med school that sleep. Yeah. And I know we're all in those listening, like we're all, I'm at this stage in my life. My kids are old. I have grandkids now. So I, I have a lot more space mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have lots of room for self-care, mm-hmm. and, but when I was in my late twenties, early thirties, I was a single mom raising my two boys going to med school. I was homeschooling them at a point. Like oh I was goodness. Hot, and I had to prioritize. And so I always say like, if you're in that busy stage of life, just find your non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was sleep, it was meditation and it was getting some exercise. I needed some um, typo. I need to move my body. And those were like the three things that I knew I needed just to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Like get enough time for a warm bath or dance in the rain or whatever. But mm-hmm. I did my non-negotiables to get mm-hmm. me through. And so often, and it, it's funny because I would be in med school and we'd be having it'd be finals week mm-hmm. and I would go get a massage and like all my classmates would be staying up like 18 hours studying I remember seeing them all at the picnic table in the back of the school and they'd be like where are you going I'd be like going to get a massage it's like the most stressful week I got a D yeah. and so we and they'd all have their donuts and their coffee and I'm like what kind of naturopaths are yeah, you yeah I know right you're like that's not supposed to happen in naturopathic school come on and so I think that's a thing also when we when we go through a more stressful period, for some reason, we want to throw out our self-care yeah. practices. And that's when you really need to cling to them like they're your lifeboat and yes. really, you know, utilize them to help get you through that time. A hundred percent. And I see that so often with clients because there's a lot of stressful things happening, you know, I mean, all of the time, I mean, between you know, even thinking about one of my clients who's in her 60s and you think, oh, that may be a more relaxing time of life. But she started, you know, her own business after she <laughs> after she um, retired from her other job. And then her parent like her parents are still alive. So they're going through the, you know, some hard transitions in life and things like that. And so there's always these pockets in life of just stress coming in. And it's so easy to grab the easy food or, you know, push through with the coffee and all of those things when you're caught in that. And that is when we need to be able to get in, even if it's just five minutes of taking some deep breaths, right. Or, or sitting outside in the morning, you know, go outside first thing and just sit there in nature. And, and that's going to, B and I know it's hard. I know it's hard when everything in your mind is like, no, no, you got to go. You got to take care of all the things, but that you almost have to work against that, uh, that drive. Right. Mm. Well, that's why having a meditation practice, a mindfulness practice can really help mm-hmm. ground you and sustain you and give you that, that bigger perspective. And And that's such a good point you brought up because yes, just because we're older and our kids, if we've had kids or mm-hmm. grown, doesn't mean we're not dealing with aging parents mm-hmm. or 
you know, my, my grandmother used to say, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. <laughs> and so, you know, still have family problems. Yeah. And yes, like, that's great. She started a new, a new business at 60. And I, I talk to women about that all the time. Like, this is, this is our time to birth creativity, mm-hmm. birth our dreams, to birth our passions, mm-hmm. And so this is an exciting time. Like I, I, I just started this new, I'm running a summit and mm-hmm. this is a whole new business for me. And it has yeah. been a ton of work and I'm happy to do it because I'm so passionate about getting information out yes. to women and letting them know their options. And so it's, it's a joy, but it's a lot of work. And so I've had to regulate, okay, how am I going to balance this in my life? And mm-hmm. to me... I have my health, my, you know, what is that, this corny saying, your health is your wealth, but Mm -hmm. it's true. If you don't have your health and you don't feel good and you're not happy, then nothing else really matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we have to put ourselves first. Self-care is not optional. It is not selfish. It is mandatory. Absolutely. (laughs) It's a way of, you know, having a love affair with yourself is putting yourself first. I love that. So I do want to talk about the um, upcoming summit here in a minute, but first, can you tell people about your, your program, the, the red hot menopause program? Yes. So I, I came up with red because like red, 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 I'm, I'm (laughs) I'm very red. I love, and I do a lot of work with colors for mm, healing mm, and whether it be looking at psychological, what colors you're attracted to, or actually using color puncture into your body. If you're mm. with me physically oh. and shifting patterns and thoughts and organs and flow and all of these things. So, but red stands for reinvent your health, explore mm. your spirit and discover your sexy. And it's really my mm take on the mind body paradigm I feel like most of us not all of us but many of us tend to like be in one camp more than the other I've seen this with patients over the years so I have patients who will swallow 3,000 supplements if I tell them to and if I told them they had to chop their carrots into squares because they get better absorption they would do that so really focused on body stuff they'll do all their testing they will take all their supplements they'll be anal with their diet but then when I want to talk about their childhood and how they didn't have a very easy upbringing they don't want to go there so they're very like focused in the body and then we have the opposite I lovingly remember a patient of mine who was dealing with breast cancer and she was amazing she was so clear on why she had breast cancer and the relationship with her son and the whole spiritual psycho-emotional aspect of it which is super important but then she would like come to my office and like smoke a cigarette before she <laughs> in my office. We have like these glass windows and I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> and she just totally believed that her mind could heal mm, it all. Right. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, for some people, maybe it can, but for, for most of us mere mortals, <laughs> it's not gonna, <laughs> we, we need the combination. And so yeah. reinventing your health is all about the physical. Let's get your container, mm-hmm. your vessel optimized. Yeah. And then let's do the important work of exploring your spirit of yeah. 
looking at your emotions, of looking at past traumas, big T, yes. they're yes. all important, of learning to meditate, of being in nature. And then when we kind of have this all balanced out, it's like, then we can go out and discover our sexy, our passions, our gift, because now we're, we're a balanced emotional, spiritual being, our physical body is balanced. Mm. Now we don't have to be distracted by, I don't feel good. I have a headache. Mm -hmm. My I'm, I'm carrying anger. It's affecting my liver, all the, these things. And mm -hmm. so then we get to figure out like what we're here for and what we want to do. And sexy is so much more than big boobs and a nice butt. I mean, you know, that might be, sexy <laughs> too, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's how you think it's how you are. It's how you move. It's how you express yourself. It's how you contribute. And so I feel like it's different for all of us. And I want us to really embrace this idea that we can all be sexy in our own unique ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, so good. I love all of that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I talk a lot about that, the trauma component that I think so many people miss out on and, and mindset too. Right. And kind of like you said, it's like, you have to get all those things together and then that mindset can just take you to the next level, especially with, with getting, getting into that sexiness for sure. Oh, so good. So uh, before we go, let's hear about this upcoming summit. I'm excited to hear more. It's called Mastering the Menopause Transition. And whether you are thinking about menopause, through menopause, not in menopause, far away from menopause, there is like information for all of you. Mm -hmm. Because of what I said in the beginning, I really believe it's a continuum and things that we do to master our menopause transition are things we can do to master our health in our teens and our 20s and our 30s as well. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to just start putting out information in one concise place for women to really hear a different conversation, to really change their mindset, their thought, the things they're doing physically to understand what they should be asking their doctors for. And so that it is going to be airing um, September 20th through 27th. Nice. I have interviewed like 60 people or something. <gasps> oh my goodness. That's amazing. I kind of went over, I kind of went overboard. I know. I'm like, um, my last summit, I think was 28 or 29. I can't imagine. <laughs> and I already have mastering the menopause some um, transition summit 2.0 slated. So we're going to have to get you interviewed for that yeah. one next year. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but it's just going to be a lot of fun from diet tips to mindset tips to breathing tips mm -hmm. to about your thyroid and your adrenals and bioidentical hormones and sex and orgasms and just all the good stuff. Everything that's important as for women that we've kind of been gypped out of by yeah. the mainstream society and by traditional physicians. Yes. Yes. So good. And I love that you're sharing all this information with women and um, everybody gets signed up at that. We will have the link for people to sign up and everything too. Um, so make sure you get your spot. Thank yes. you so much for being <laughs> oh, here with us today. You. Such a good conversation. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, yeah, I'll say it one more time that I love talking to people like you that really take this truly holistic approach. Um, and, you know, you just emanate, right, that what it is to move into this space of life, the menopausal time of life of um, just really like doing it and doing it well. Mm, yeah. Thank you. I Absolutely. love being here and chatting with you. Like yeah. my 
sister you are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you guys, thanks for being here and I will see you next time. Bye everyone.